Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Late Night Mike and Mike show. Uh, it, it really hasn't uh, felt like a week. It feels like we've, we haven't met in a month, uh, Michael. Um, but I'm glad to, to meet you back with you this week. Um, and so, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael Westbrook. And we've got our other co-host, Michael, so, obviously. What's up, y'all? Uh, so today we've got a we've got a pretty good uh, and interesting uh, talking points. We're going to talk a little bit about training camp, some signings and trade talks, uh, and then we'll take a quick break. We'll move on to some injuries and surgeries that have happened recently, and then we're going to bring up COVID and how it's still affecting the league this uh, for the upcoming season. Um, so uh, to get us started, uh, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about training camps. So training camps, um, I'm not going to lie, I thought they started a couple weeks ago. I saw a post that the Bengals had made um, and they made it very confusing, making it sound like they started, you know, on July 5th. So the day, yeah. So the day after July 4th that they were going to start that Monday. Uh, that's what I thought. Uh, but training camps are going to be starting on Monday. So uh, we're recording on Friday. So in about three days, uh, training camps will be starting and, you know, football, football is getting started back up. I don't know about you, Michael. Um, I mean, I probably know, but I am very excited for football to come back because uh, once training camps start, it just kind of feels like a, a snowball effect that happens really quickly. Um, and then the season's over in February again. What do you what do you think? No, I mean, I'm definitely super excited for it. I mean, uh, we, we kind of touched on this last week. We got the early draft for our fantasy football leagues. Of course, that's always exciting. Uh, and there's there's been so many injuries and uh, like you mentioned, we're going to talk about some COVID things, um, which of course kind of comes with, there are a lot of players who are out on physical, you know, the pup list. Uh, there are players who are getting injured, which we're going to cover. So it's going to be one of these interesting things this year to see who comes through, who plays, who doesn't, um, especially going into preseason. Uh, just random thing. I saw today that uh, Dak Prescott said he wants to get reps in during the preseason to really get them ready for the you know the full season I, I was like oh okay that's cool you know let's see some of this and you know we we're seeing some of those injuries already come in um you know very early on so yeah i think it's going to be an interesting year um our early draft to be honest is making me a little bit nervous because i'm sitting here going man like i saw i saw an update today uh that was talking about saquon barkley um and how they're you know they're talking about how they want to take it slow with him and i was like oh mm -hmm. man it, it like because he's, he's going early in all the drafts that I've seen uh, in the mock drafts that I've been doing. And I'm like, man, that is such a gamble, especially if he's your first pick. Like, that's rough because you could, I mean, because if, if you miss out on him, sure, he might come back, you know, next half of the season, right? Or maybe not so early in the season, but not halfway either. But you might lose a few games out of him and he's your top running back pick. I, I mean, to me, that just makes me nervous. And then we keep hearing about these guys getting injured and fantasy wise. I got to be honest, I'm sitting here going, man, I really hope that your buddy from last week is the one who gets the injured <laughs> players and not me, because this this season's already kind of a gamble. I'm seeing these players getting hurt. Oh. I'm like, oof, oof, oof. No, <laughs> it's too early for this. Calm down, y'all, please. So <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up. So I've never really done a mock draft before um, in all the years that I've done fantasy. I've never done it. Um, I don't know why. Just have it. Um, and my buddy, uh, who we're going to probably bring on to the show at one point in time, uh, he loves fantasy, huge fantasy guy. He invites me to do a mock draft the other day. Um, 
and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, give it away who I'm talking about. But I'm literally drafting as a notification comes across my phone that they just got injured. Like literally, as I'm doing a mock draft. No, I wasn't gonna pick this guy or anything. But it was like so wild. No, it wasn't. I, I will makers. talk about him later. Okay, well, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna give I mean, it up because <laughs> as soon as I see, I mean, okay. So I gotta be honest, and we're gonna jump the gun a little bit here, but I, I don't think you're gonna mind this. But you know, last week we had literally just been talking with your friend about how, oh, yeah. how bad everything is going, <laughs> going for the Saints, and then I oh, see, I buddy. see the Michael, yeah, I see the Michael Thomas uh, bit come across, and I was like, oh, oh no, this Trust is me, awful. Yeah. yeah, and and then uh, what was it? There was um. The, the the defensive tackle uh that failed the test and he got like and i'm sitting there i'm like dude we literally just had your friend on last week and he's talking about all you know he, he wants yes. to have hope and and all these different things and <laughs> i see these tickers coming across and i'm like i think yeah. if there are any saints fans <laughs> listening they're gonna hope he becomes not a saints fan real quick because that was some or awful at least not a fantasy saints fan yeah yeah, well, I mean, I, it was one of those things. Just real quick, I, I just oh, yeah. saw them started dropping like flies. I was like, "Oh no, he cannot be happy." Because I mean, you, if you're a Saints <sighs> fan, you already have it so rough, like we talked about with the referees and how you're you're not only playing as the other team, you're playing the refs. But now you're also sitting here going, "Wow, like we lost some now. players, yeah." And now all of a sudden, in two key positions, like, yeah, I'm sure the you know six, six games isn't horrible but when you're already lacking on defense like we talked about that's rough and then you talk about michael thomas i mean arguably obviously the oh. staple piece and you're already trying to figure out which of your quarterbacks <laughs> are you going to be going with and now you don't even have oh. one of your staple wide receivers <laughs> to help you make that decision like now you really got to be playing well or you're just going to be making a decision on who's your starting uh quarterback without having your top you know your top wide receiver so i mean i don't know I guess I guess maybe now yeah. might be the decision uh, with Michael Thomas being out. Maybe you pick up Alvin Kamara because you know he's going to be all reliable now, and just hope that he doesn't get injured. Uh, I mean, because yeah. you're you're kind of limited now. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. So we'll bring up we'll bring up that guy uh, during during the injuries section. Um, but really, this is going to be just. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pull away from my mic quite a bit because it's gonna be kind of a funny laugh once we get to the injuries portion. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, training camp start on Monday. We have an awful fantasy pick time of before all the preseason starts, so we have no idea who will be injured by the time the season actually starts. So it'll be very interesting. Um, Dude, I'm glad we're not putting money on it this year because <laughs> the ad drop gonna is gonna be funny. <laughs> yeah, we're waiver wire is gonna be lit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just random each week too, so it's going to be even more interesting. Uh, yeah, I, do have I might to say, honestly just pick players that are going to be good for my bench, who are actually going to be starters, because <laughs> my starters will get injured. <laughs> well, so we were, you know, we're sitting here talking about uh, about training camp, and uh, the, you know, there there are some um, joint practices with some, you know, kind of scrimmages going on, uh, Cowboys and Rams. That'll be interesting because that's on our draft today. Um, Ooh. And so, yeah, so that might, I mean, we, I, we, you can't really know, but I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, it'll be interesting to see Matthew Stafford and potentially Dak Prescott and see how they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. Number one, because you kind of want to go out there, you want to see how Dak Prescott, you know, how's he feeling? Is it looking good? You know, we saw obviously kind of different injuries, but uh, Alex Smith coming off of his injury and how he came back, um, you know, 
So it's just one of those things you kind of want to see, you know, does he look comfortable? Does it look like he's wincing at all? You know, what's going on there? And then, of course, you know, you just want to see Matthew Stafford and the Rams, you know, does he look comfortable? Does he seem to have everything picked up? What's the timing looking like? Because, it'll, it'll, it, you know, that's still early. That is training camp. Um, so, to be, you know, be very interesting to see that. Um, and then another one that I got to be honest that I'm really interested in is going to be uh, the Titans and Buccaneers have a camp on uh, the 18th. And those, those, yeah. are, those are going to be two potentially very strong teams. Yeah, no, I we definitely think that there's going to be some big teams. So uh, it's sad that we don't get to pick after these little, you know, preseason pre like pre preseason games scrimmages things you know but it's it's okay it'll be it'll be interesting and fun this year um you know we're doing everything a little bit different so why not make it even worse so why not but uh you know if if any uh, you know i think if anything uh i think our next little our our next segment geez i cannot speak today guys oh i do i do have um, some more things about training camp that oh yeah you might okay, be bring it. Yeah. bring it so uh Arizona Cardinals. Uh, one thing that I want, you know, that I, I really want to know about AJ Green, JJ Watt. They're both yes. about to be like over thirty. They're they're both over thirty currently, somewhere in there. Um, you know that that's you know that's a bit older. Uh, how much gas do they have left in the tank? Um, that's you know that's, a lot. Yeah, uh, and then and there's a possibility that we might see Trey Lance come out um, between training camp uh, scrimmages and possibly preseason how you know is Trey Lance going to take over is he close is it is he just going to be learning from Jimmy G uh you know kind of interesting and then like I said you know Matthew Stafford how's he looking with everything um I mean there's there's so many questions that you can take away from this uh I saw a TikTok today that showed Mac Jones looking miles ahead of Cam Newton. And that was kind of one of those things where I was like, wow. Uh, I mean, I, I knew Mac Jones was going to be good, but there were a lot of people who said that they expected Cam Newton to kind of have a bounce back year. And if the, at least the video that I saw was correct, I think Mac Jones has this in the bag. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's funny you bring that up. So I saw a video on Instagram. Uh, it's, uh, I don't think it was actually from the Patriots. I think it was from another podcast, like this pick six, or uh, I can't remember. It, it was a while ago, but um, they were at practice doing like those OTAs, and uh, it was showing Cam Newton and Mac Jones throwing some passes. Um, and Cam Newton missed every single pass on that video. And then Mac Jones, you see him go five for five. Um, and these are, it, it wasn't like a basic pass either. These are like, one of them caught it like kind of almost toe tap on the goal, like out, like on the back end of the t of the end zone, you know, um, you know. So it wasn't like it was just a simple slant route, and you know, and Cam Newton missed it, but he did miss some of those. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I'm a huge Patriots fan, right? So I'm not. It's easy to sound biased, but I'm I'm not biased at all. I do not like Cam Newton. I don't like that he's on the team. Um, I don't think he'll have a bounce back year. I definitely think Mac Jones and Trey Lance will probably take over partway through the season for both their teams, um, which is sad because I like Jimmy G more than I like Cam Newton. But I definitely think Mac Jones is performing way better than everybody thought, and I think he's there to really compete for that starting position. And I will not be surprised if he takes that earlier than midway through the season. 
Well, I so. mean, it, for me, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I really do enjoy Alabama football. I mean, yeah, you know, there's the conversation where it's like there has, you know, there's a point where Alabama is so good that other teams just don't really have as much of a chance. <clears throat> and I understand it. You, you know, you do really want to see competition and, you know, you actually want to see them go out and compete uh, and have a chance, you know, to to beat other teams or, lo- you know, in this case, people are wanting Alabama to lose. Um, but at the same time, just the caliber of players that Alabama consistently put, you know, puts out, um, you know, that coaching staff and, and that program, they're just, they're so successful that I, you know, it, it's always interesting. So I want to see Mac Jones succeed. Um, but the other thing yeah. kind of transitioning a little bit, I know you wanted to talk about some signings, but, um, since we're talking about this, I saw that Gilmore, Stephen Gilmore got put on the pup list, um, yep. which I mean, you know, could be a factor coming into this season for the Patriots. I mean, uh, that's that's another, you know, one less target, at least for now, that Mac Jones or, you know, either quarterback could, you know, could be without. So that'll be kind of a factor uh, that you want to see kind of get situated early so that you kind of know, hey, I mean, you know, just just like in some of the other scenarios, um, you know, you, you just want to see it work out. So I think that's kind of one of them where, until we know um, it could be a tough situation for the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it'll be tough. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how they do. Um, but fantasy wise, I do not think people should be picking up cam. Um, I, unless he's, unless you're in a deep league and he's your second string, uh, that would be a very hard thing. Cause I wouldn't be surprised if bill Belichick switches him out halfway through a game or you know, things like that. But yeah, uh, lot of odd things happening this season with QBs where normally we see it just so cemented in that you think that, oh, there's no problem. And now, you know, you're seeing these things pop up and you're like, wow, I'm very surprised that these people are even competing right now, you know? I mean, since we're talking about competing quarterbacks, before we get into the next bit, um, but kind of a similar situation in a way with what's going on with the Saints right now where we saw Michael Thomas is hurt. Uh, and you've got two quarterbacks. Arguably, though, the Saints situation, I think, personally, is a better situation between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston as opposed to Cam Newton and Mac Jones because I feel like Mac Jones is kind of just the younger, better choice. Uh, but, it, you know, if Jameis has picked up, which, you know, we saw some glimpses where it looks like he is better than, you know, what he was doing with the Bucks, uh, that could, you know, in that same situation... Uh, you know, you've got two competing quarterbacks who are going to be, you know, looking like a target down. Um, that'll be an interesting situation to watch. And I got to be honest, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited to watch both of them, to be honest, because, uh, yes, I mean, Taysom is just such a, you know, we, we talked about it last week where Taysom is just such a threat at any position. You want to see him succeed, but at the same time, you want them to have like a regular quarterback. And I'm not saying that. Taysom can't be a regular full-time quarterback, but at the same time, you know, you you do want somebody who's cemented in that position. So I think it's going to be interesting to kind of watch out on, you know, uh, the two fronts there and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, seeing two, two teams that have been so dominant and been so good in terms of the QB position, it's interesting seeing them not be that way anymore. Uh, so it will be very interesting to see the saints and the Patriots go through that. Um, so yeah. Um, but that, that is our training camp segment. So let's move on to signings and kind of trade talks and things like that. 
Um, some of these will move more quickly through others. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more in depth because they matter a little bit more. Um, well, I don't know, but some of, some of these might play a bigger role. Um, and that's why we're going to give them a little bit more time. Uh, so the first one we're going to bring up is going to be Shaquem Griffin. Um, everybody's going to remember his brother, Shaquille Griffin. Uh, he was a part of, you know, he was, Legion he was of Boom. part of the Legion of Boom. Yep. With the Seahawks. Um, Shaquem came in a little bit after that group had just barely disbanded some of them. Um, but Shaquem was a great linebacker. Um, Shaquem is the one that has the one hand um, due to a, a birth problem. Uh, he lost that hand, and so he plays with one hand. Uh, but he's actually a really great linebacker. Um, and so the Dolphins just signed him. They just, I don't know if it was a trade. I think he was a free agent, though. And so, um, free agent signing you know, him. Yeah. yeah, so they just signed him. Um, and I think the Dolphins could really use some more help on their defensive front. Um, and so I think Shaquem Griffin can really add, uh, really add that linebacker presence, uh, and, and just really give the Dolphins a little bit more, um, depth, a little bit more skill and, you know, coming from a team like the Seahawks with a, I don't know, probably arguably top 10 defense in the league, maybe top 12. Um, I mean, really, it's great to see somebody go from that team over to the Dolphins where they've kind of struggled. And and hopefully he can he can help them out and, and teach at least the linebacker core a little bit more so that they can they can be a little bit more of a threat, especially in the AFC East where you know a, you know the uh, the wild card might go to one of them if depending on how they play. So uh, I, defense could be huge over there. I will say Miami has made a lot of at least in the month of July they have made quite a bit of pickups. Uh, I'm not oh, yeah. going to go through and list them all, but they they have had four so far in July just in a few days. Uh, which is really good to see because, I mean, you know, they, they're seeing where they're having some depth issues. Uh, you're coming into training camp, get some new blood in there, uh, try to get some of these guys fighting for a position. So, I mean, uh, Steelers are also equal at four as well. Um, so it's one of those things, you know, at least if you're a fan of the Dolphins or the Steelers, you know your team is seeing where you're lacking uh, and they're trying to make those pickups to help. Oh, yeah. No, I... Uh... You know, depth is a big thing in the NFL, you know, because injuries can happen. Um, and we've times seen it. where you just, you know, yeah, I, we've seen it. We're seeing it right now. Um, and even even not just injuries, but, you know, people get tired in the game. You know, sometimes your defense plays a little bit more in a game than than some of your players are ready. And having that second string who's really good still um, back there can can really change the game because then it doesn't feel like you lost a key player. It feels like all you did was switch out one good player for, a, a you know, a non-tired player who's ready to go out and just make his name known you know so that's huge and talking more about depth um gino atkins uh of the Bengals is uh apparently uh having talks with the cowboys uh he got injured last season i think uh, michael before the we started recording uh you mentioned that it was his rotator cuff um but it seems like he's meeting and talking with the cowboys uh, might might go with them this year um which will be great for the Cowboys because if you're a Cowboys fan, you already know this, but I will let everybody else know because the Cowboys currently, their uh, Demarcus Lawrence, their left defensive end, uh, it just got back surgery. Now, in the words of Mike McCarthy, he does not think it's very serious. He does not think it's a big deal. It's just kind of, uh, let me, I want to read exactly what he says, um, and I have it pulled up. He says, that it has not raised any red flags for the team about Lawrence's outlook for the season. It's more of a cleanup. It's not a high concern. Uh, so Mike McCarthy thinks that Lawrence will play well. He's, it's not going to be a problem for them. 
It's more of just to, I guess, clean him up. Uh, but, you know, if they get Geno Atkins, I mean, he could play really well on both sides, replacing either Demarcus Lawrence or even uh, uh, Randy Gregory. And, uh, you know, he's his stats show for themselves. I mean, he's a great defensive end and he's a great pass rusher. I think he could really change up their defense and add that third guy that they need to kind of just add that depth, add that ability to trade in a, a tired guy for a guy who's ready to go and, and you know, come back after half a season of not playing. And uh, I think uh, Atkins could really be huge for that. Yeah, I mean, um, he played 11 seasons in Cincinnati, and he I mean, he's made more than uh, than I can count on one hand of uh, Pro Bowls, uh, which is I absolutely mean, in, fantastic. In those seasons, I, he missed Pro Bowls twice. Uh, nope. Yes, twice. And I'm not going to include last year because he only played last, uh, half of last year. But yeah, his rookie year and then his fourth year in the league uh, were his only times not making the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah, absolutely insane. Um, so one thing to note um so he's in talks with the Cowboys. They haven't scheduled an official visit yet uh, for him to either come to the star or to go to Oxnard. Uh, you know, ha- that hasn't been scheduled yet. So the reason that people believe that he might become a Cowboy is his doctor, Dr. Dan Cooper, uh, is the doctor who cleared him to come back to the league after the rotator cuff. Um, it also happens to be the Cowboys team doctor. Now, I mean, it, it's kind of questionable here because obviously um, how, how close is he with his doctor? You know, how much is he listening just because you got cleared by him? You know, what what does that say? I mean, you know, the doctor could have said, hey, you, you know, here's the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I'm their team doctor, so I can keep up with, you know, your injury. And if anything else ever happened, you know, I could I could help take care of that. Um, but you, you just never really know. Um but of course, you know, you're always going to go with the team that you think is the best fit. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure at uh, at 33 years old, uh, you know, you're also looking at how much money am I going to be making? So, you know, if somebody's going to offer you significantly more money, you're probably going to take it at that age because, you know, how many more seasons do you have left? Uh, but I think that's a, I think that could be potentially a big factor. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Money and ability to play and how healthy you are. Uh, but really, the the doctor thing. I mean, it, it kind of would be tampering a little bit for the doctor to try and recruit him. But I'm pretty well, sure Atkins realizes. I there's a lot of weird rules with tampering. We'd have to look into well, it I, more specifically I, to know before I call it out like that. But um, I mean, Atkins definitely has to have it in the back of his head of, hey, this doctor is with the Cowboys. The Cowboys is a team I could go to. Um, they could definitely use me. They could pay me well. And hey, by the way. I wouldn't have to change doctors, which is pretty nice when you're going, you know, into another season. So at 33. Um, so, I mean, so my only thing with that, his head. he was released by the Bengals. So I don't really think that's tampering for, uh, for, you know, when you're a free agent, I don't, I don't think there's any type of tampering rule with that because you're not, you're not obligated under any, any contract at that point. Like you're not restricted. Yeah. He was a UFA. So I don't think there's any type of tampering there. Again, I'd have to look into it. Like you said, but uh, that's, that's my reason to believe that there's, there's not any type of tampering going on there. Um, no, yeah, I, like I said, we'd probably have to do a little bit more looking into it, but I, I don't think it was, but so yeah. something else I mentioned earlier, you know, the dolphins just, uh, signed four people in the month of July. The Steelers also signed, uh, four people in the month of July. And the big one that I'm sure, it, you know, if you're a fantasy player something you, you probably are keeping up with pretty religiously, 
Uh, Melvin Ingram just signed with the Steelers, uh, which is going to be a big deal for their pass rush. Uh, they lost Bud Dupuis to the Titans and free agency. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Ingram, I believe he's 32 years old, 33, same age uh, up there as um, as Geno Adkins is. Um, so, you know, kind of kind of on the later portion of his career there, but we just saw how, uh, how many people the Steelers lost. Um, so this is going to be one of those good moves, I think, for both Ingram and for the Steelers because they definitely, you know, they have an experienced coaching staff, but now they got to get some veterans in there. Um, so I think he'll be a situational pass rusher. Um, but, uh, I mean, especially serving behind like TJ Watt, I think that'll be kind of a big deal there. So I, 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 I expect that to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good pickup for the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, we saw in the beginning of his career, he kind of started out as like a left outside linebacker and more towards the end, he's been more of a, of a defensive end, more on that right side. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which side TJ Watt plays on, but uh, I'm sure he could switch sides for him. Uh, but really, I Melvin Ingram did great for the Ravens, so maybe consider picking the Steelers' defense right above the Ravens if, if you're really torn about those two um, for fantasy purposes. But, I mean, Melvin Ingram, he should go in and, and immediately make some kind of difference uh, that we should see for the defense on the Steelers' side. Yeah, that's that's kind of a huge sign for the Steelers. I think they really need to up that up that iron curtain, right? That's what they, no, steel curtain, right? That's what they call it. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so speaking of whatever teams, metal curtain it is, yeah. you know, they've now upped it. <laughs> so one of the interesting things, you know, speaking of pickups is the lack of the pickup here with Devontae Adams not being re-signed with the Packers. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah. Uh, what, the Packers are an absolute mess right now. Um, I think, I think a lot of us fans of the Packers, not fans of the Packers, NFL fans as a whole, I think can all kind of see the problems with the front office staff of the Green Bay Packers. Um, first, they decide to draft Jordan Love and and really piss off uh, Aaron Rodgers two years ago, right? Two years ago, yeah, two years ago. Well, didn't um, we talk about this then, in episode one? Well, or yeah, we have not. to talk about this almost every week because it seems like there's always something coming out. But well, so, I mean, so they make him mad about drafting Jordan Love. Then he kind of gets over it, and then they don't draft him like any help on his outside, you know, with more wide receivers. And you know, and so that's why Aaron's kind of mad. You know, he just does not like that they tell him how to do plays when he feels like they should do it differently. Uh, he doesn't like that they're not getting him the targets he needs to be getting. And then along with that, now Devontae Adams has come out a few weeks ago and said, I want to stick with my QB. No matter where he goes, I want to go. You know, I like Rodgers. I want to stick with him, blah, blah, blah. And now we see, you know, maybe this maybe this means that Rodgers is going to retire. You know, maybe Devontae Adams is like, well, if Rodgers retires this year, I'm out of here. I don't want to extend. I don't want to be stuck in Green Bay if Rodgers just denied uh, a contract extension that would stick him in Green Bay for another two years and make him the highest paid player in the whole NFL, which puts him above Patrick Mahomes, puts him above Dak Prescott and that big contract. I mean, truly, uh, look at, they just got so many problems in that front office. Well, absolutely. But I, but like you just said, it's the front office. Aaron Rodgers came out a couple weeks ago uh, and he said it wasn't the fact that they drafted Jordan Love, but I guess it, it's been a problem with the front office. Uh, and I believe part of it is the GM I think 
some reports said it was issues with the coach. Um, but really, I, I might have been Pat McAfee show where they really talked about it. I think it was the front office. Um, and so I think the fact that you have players that are sticking together, we've kind of seen it down in Houston where obviously Deshaun Watson was upset over losing, uh, you know, Hopkins Hopkins, and in this whole situation where you're starting to see, you know, there's, there is that bond that's in the locker room. Every, you know, if you've played a team sport, you know, it's there. Um, so obviously you oh, understand yeah. when players get trait, you know, things are going to happen. Uh, but I think in this situation, you know, where you're Devonte Adams and you are, you know, you and Aaron Rodgers are kind of the biggest deals on the team uh, because all the other players have either retired or, you know, they've gone on to other teams. Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things, you know, you don't want to be, like you said, you don't want to be stuck there when your quarterback either plays the, I might retire card or I want to get traded card. Um, and you have no idea what's going on. Even if you offer someone a lot of money, uh, I, you know, I'll be in this case, they tried to sign Aaron Rodgers to a two year deal. Um, I, you know, how do you, how do you sign two more years of your life away? He's 28. So he'll be 30. Uh, you know, if he took that two year deal, how do you, how do you sign an additional two years to, uh, you know, a team that you don't really know what direction they're going in and your quarterbacks, you know, having issues with the front office and, GM and the potentially the coach, uh, you know, how, how, how long do you stay there and really have that uncertainty? And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, any of this is on, you know, Jordan love, maybe it is, maybe it isn't for Aaron Rodgers' side. Uh, but he did deny it. Uh, but you know, if, if you're Devonte Adams, you know, do you want to be stuck there with Jordan love and you, and you don't necessarily know where he's at? Um, you know, so maybe, maybe Devonte Adams, you know, plays through this season. Um, and if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, you get to play with Jordan Love. Um, and you find out, hey, you know what? He is a good, you know, he is a good quarterback. I think maybe I can work with him. Maybe he ends up staying. You never know. But it, I don't think this hurts Devontae Adams not to have that secured. Because uh, earlier in the year, he even talked about it where, uh, you know, they asked him about the Aaron Rodgers situation. And he said it'll play into it. Um, there's been talks, but it's really just been talks. Um, but it hasn't been anything worth mentioning. And the quote goes on. But I think that kind of says a lot where he doesn't feel like he was in a rush. And of course, that was also back in June. So here we are almost a month later, uh, just a, a day short of a month. So I think that's kind of one of those situations where you can look at it and you could say he's not in a rush. He knows he can get a deal, whether it's now or whether it's later. But without, you know, having some security of Aaron Rodgers, he, he's just not ready to make that commitment. And I got to commend him for that because... There are a lot of players who would see that contract and they'd probably go, hey, you know what? I want that money. And I think, you know, he and he, he hasn't divulged anything either about the Aaron Rodgers situation. He hasn't come out and, you know, and specifically said, oh, well, I know Aaron's not, you know, if he does know any information, he's kept it, hush, you know, hush, hush. So I got to give props to Devontae there. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, it's tough because if Devontae Adams does not sign an extension, uh, the team does have a franchise tag that they can throw on next year uh, on him and stick him for at least, you know, just one more year. Uh, but then they, you know, he wouldn't get paid a ton of money, which, you know, then he'd come out being 30, 31 years old after that. And, you know, well, he'd be 30. Um, but I mean, he'd be going 30 years old, you know, basically being like AJ Green, trying to find somewhere to go that that really wants to use him, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just sad to see because I don't think the Jordan love thing is the problem. 
I, you know, I, I think that's old. I think it's done. I think Aaron Rodgers is just mad because um, he keeps seeing all these inconsistencies with, hey, I'm going to call this play, and then all of a sudden a timeout's called. Uh, the coach is yelling at him, telling him to call something else, and then they do it, and then they lose the game. They lose the points. They don't get the points, whatever it is. I just watched a video the other day that since Matt LaFleur has, has came in, um, that they've had quite a few of those inconsistencies where where uh, Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then they call a timeout. They're like, no, we're doing this. We're kicking it. No, we're going to do this play instead. And then they go out there, they do the play, and then they don't. it doesn't work out. you know. And I think Aaron's just mad about that. you know. Aaron really wants to, to show that at his age, at his ability, uh, he knows how to read a defense. He knows how to throw the ball. Uh, he's accurate enough to hit his target. And he knows his guys, and he knows what they can do, and he knows that if he throws a Hail Mary, they'll get it. He knows that if he throws that crazy pass to Devontae Adams right on the sideline, he'll toe-tap that, get them out of bounds, and stop the clock, and they'll get even closer to scoring. Um, I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is just sick and tired of being at the, at the age he is, at the skill level he's at, and not being able to be a little bit more in charge of his offense while he's out on the field. And I think that's more of the problem than anything else. Um, cause he's got Alan Lazard, he's got Devonte Adams, uh, and then he's got Aaron Jones, of course. And I think, I really think he just wants to be more in charge, kind of like Tom Brady wanted to take charge of the team. Um, and so I think, I think that's what he wants. And so Devonte Adams wants to stick with his QB. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how, how this year goes, but they, the, more than likely they will franchise Devonte Adams and then he'll be free from green Bay at the age of 30 years old. So, uh, you know, so we'll see how that plays out for him. But I hope he can find a team that will appreciate him and use him well. Um, that's not going to make him feel like the Packers did and make him not want to resign. You know, is that you know he's a great wide receiver, and I'd hate to see. You know, I hate to lose him because of front office staff just being jerks. You know. So I got to ask you this: uh, we we do have a break coming up here, but just something that I has always kind of made me curious. Um, is the whole Green Bay situation, you know, they're a community-owned franchise where the population, they can, I, I think they can buy shares um, at certain price. I'm not entirely sure how it works, but it's uh, there's common stock and then there's preferred stock. Some of it does not include an equity interest and does not pay dividends. It can't be, I'm not sure how the whole deal works, but I've always wondered though, they're the only team that has this, ownership structure in the nfl um and it's always just kind of made me curious though is the community on franchise where they also have a board of directors and i'm you know i'm sure uh, you know other teams obviously you have an owner you know and you have a president of football you know all these different things but they have a seven member or executive committee um that's got like a 45 member board of directors and it's always kind of made me wonder, you know, especially coming into this where in Roger said he has front office issues. I've always kind of wondered if it was owned by a single individual who had more say, does, does maybe this situation not necessarily exist? I mean, of course we just saw, you know, what's going on with Deshaun Watson in Houston where obviously it could, it could still exist obviously, but you know, I'm just curious uh, how much does, this situation change if they were just, you know, owned like a regular ownership team versus this community franchise. Yeah. I mean, I, it could obviously exist. I think though, if there was more leadership, you know, with the sole individual, at least stuff would get done and get done faster. Um, but 
we'd have to see them switch to see if that would change at all. Uh, so really, it would kind of depend on seeing if they ever switch. But I would think so. I think having one would really change that up. Uh, but I don't know. Um, so it says right here so. that it does not pay the dividends. It cannot be traded. And it has no securities law protection. And it brings no season ticket purchase privileges. But it does say all shareholders receive voting rights and an invitation to the corporation's annual meeting and an opportunity to buy exclusive shareholder-only merchandise. Um, and it says share of the stock cannot be resold except back to the team for a fraction of the original price. While new shares can be given as gifts, transfers, uh, transfers are technically allowed only between immediate family members once the ownership has been established. So that kind of makes me wonder. So it says that they have voting rights to the and an invitation to the corporation's annual meeting. So what do they actually vote on? Uh, I mean, do you obviously I, is, not important stuff because it seems like things never change. You know what I mean? I mean, they, yeah, sure. They got Mike McCarthy out of there. Um, but I wonder how long it's going to take before these, for these Packers owners, you know, really decide, hey, we need to just get rid of Matt LaFleur or we need to get rid of whatever it is. Uh, but the problem is these guys are never going to vote against having their ownership taking a, taken away. Well, um, no, I, I understand that, but it no, just it so, makes me curious yeah. what the voting rights are for. Like, I it, it, it makes me kind of curious. Like, do they get to vote on who becomes the next, like, GM? Or, I mean... I, I obviously, obviously I haven't really done any research into this, but it, it was just kind of popped in my head while we were sitting there talking about, Hey, front yeah. office, front office. And I'm not sure how many people actually realize their community owned franchise where I, and I don't know if that means that you have to live within the city of like green Bay, or you have to live within Wisconsin, blah, 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 you know, to be able to buy part of the share. I, you know, I don't, I don't know all of that, but it, it just kind of popped in my head. Like, I wonder if this is at all somehow a direct correlation to the unhappiness of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, that's definitely something interesting that we'd have to we'd have to look into and, and figure out some more. But I don't know. You know, that's that's tough to look at because that's how they've been. We we may not be able to actually figure that out. But yeah. Um. So real quick, uh, we're gonna bring up one more point and then we'll go to a quick break. Um. I want to talk about a quote that the 49ers safety Jimmy Ward said about Matthew Stafford. Um, arguably, I've said it many times, the NFC West is going to be the hardest division to win. Um, I, th I think it'll be very tough, even though some of my close friends think that it's very easy, um, but also he's kind of biased. It's a, it's a Seahawks. He's a Seahawks fan, so he's going to claim Seahawks. But, you know, the, the quote says, He's the same QB who was on the Lions, and they still didn't go to the playoffs, and they had Megatron. This is on Matthew Stafford when he was with the Lions, and they had Megatron. They didn't go to the playoffs. 49ers safety Jimmy Ward said this. Now, my only problem with this is Matthew Stafford only had Megatron, and he still did not have a defense. He did not have an offensive line, and they didn't really have any other key players that were going to really make a difference because it is a team sport. Matthew Stafford is one man. Uh, Megatron, one man. If you only throw it to Megatron every single down, that is obviously going to get picked up, and he will get double teamed, and no longer will he be able to catch easy passes and get easy yards. Um, 
I'm going to disagree completely with Jimmy Ward. And I got to agree with you. Uh, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make much sense. Uh, especially, no. I mean, I, I, I understand, I mean, I understand like where Jimmy Ward is coming from. I mean, I'm sure there's a level of cockiness there, but you do have to think about the fact that he's now with the Rams. So you have Sean McVay, who is a good coach. We're arguably in Detroit. Their coaching hasn't been fantastic. You have, you know, two great uh, starting wide receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. You've got Deshaun Jackson uh, playing kind of a backup role. Uh, you've got who could be a good player in Tyler Higby. Uh, it just it's kind of one of those situations where I don't understand why he thinks. I mean, I guess he, he's he's just saying he's, he doesn't think highly of Matthew Stafford. But I I think you got to give some some credit here where I think now that Stafford has arguably a better core around him, you're going to see a new Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff is a great QB, right? Uh, I think Jared Goff is a good QB. Um, I don't think he's top 10, especially on the Lions, not because of his ability, but because of the protection, because of the targets. Um, But really, Matthew Stafford is now going with Robert Woods. Um, Let's see. Cooper Cup and Michael, you're gonna have to help me. I can't remember the last guy. It was Tyler um, Higby. Tyler Higby. There we go. Like I said, though, they you do know, ha- they got- do have Deshaun Jackson in a in a backup role Jackson. too. I mean, they've got it's a, it's That's a good core. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, they're arguably the Lions' best wide receiver was was uh, Danny Amendola. I mean, now the Rams they've got a stacked wide receiver core. Uh, they did have a good running back at first string and you know, they have a decently good um, offensive line and then they have a great defense. Um, I mean, technically know, for a period, five. I don't think it's top 10, but they're definitely better than the lions were. I mean, for a time period in Detroit, they also had golden Tate. Yes. Yes. They did have golden Tate. Um, but again, uh, I look, I played flag football uh, up you know, because I'm in college still. So I I uh, played flag football. And let me tell you, when you're getting rushed by even just one guy and they're in your face, it is quite nearly impossible to throw that ball off if you've got half a second to throw and they're right in front of you. Now, I'm no Matthew Stafford, nor am I even, well, I might be better than Nathan Peterman. I don't think that's a hard competition there. Um, you know, but... Oh, it's so tough. I, I feel for Matthew Stafford. I'm glad he got out of the Lions. I think he's a great quarterback, and I think he's... I think I've said it before, maybe not, but I I wish he could win Comeback Player of the Year. Um, he ha- It's not because he's injured, but because he left a bad team and he's going to a team that he can win with. Um, I definitely could see him taking the Rams to the playoffs um, and winning the division. He is just that good of a QB, and I think he can do it. Um, you want to know something yeah. kind of funny? what uh you just mentioned danny amendola and how he actually played okay at the lions this year i'm not sure if you saw it come across the ticker uh, a couple days ago but amendola actually came out and said that he's being selective and wants to play in the right situation uh so he still wants to play this season um and he's also been working out with the cardinals backup quarterback colt mccoy um so it's likely he's probably going to get signed somewhere he, you know, he definitely is a good receiver. Uh, I don't think he's going to be anybody's number one receiver. Um, but I think, you know, he could be a situational, uh, you know, possession receiver. And yeah, I think I mean, it'd be interesting. Replace, yeah, I mean, he could replace uh, Nelson Aguilar from the Raiders because uh, Nelson Aguilar just went to the Patriots. Uh, they're 
maybe looking to replace that, you know, that kind of situational piece. And uh, maybe Amandola can go to go to the Raiders um, if he wants to play for a team with a good QB. Um, I don't know. That's just a quick thought. But yeah, I I like Danny Amandola. But again, Matthew Stafford did not have the the team around him to really do well. And so I think the 49ers safety is in for it when they have to play him twice. Um, and I think it'll be funny to see Matthew Stafford throw throw all around him. So. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, there, there's there's quite a few places that he could absolutely end up. Um, I mean, I I guess technically there's a potential he. I mean, I don't know what what type of money he would command in this market because uh, you know there's quite a few you know trades and just everything that's been going on. Uh, could be interesting. He could go to the Bucks, uh, but I don't know what kind of money he commands. Uh, we talked about the fact you know vaguely that michael thomas was obviously injured maybe he signs a situation with the saints uh you know i'm not really sure but they're you know like you said the raiders too uh there's quite a few places that he could end up yeah i mean you bring up some good teams that that could definitely take him um yeah it'll 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 just be interesting the bucks would be kind of a hard one that's a bit of a stretch they already have antonio brown as the situational guy and even then, they still have Scotty Miller, who's kind of their small yet fast guy, kind of like their Tyreek Hill. I just say it because so, obviously, when you know he he played with Tom Brady, oh, yeah. uh, Julian Edelman, you know, back in the day with the Patriots. I mean, so you know, you know, it's you never say <laughs> never. I mean, because we all thought <laughs> Gronk was gone, and then look what happened—he ended yeah. up with the Bucks too. So I mean, maybe Amendola <laughs> takes a huge pay cut and goes, "Hey guys, look, like." Gronk is there. My old quarterback is there. I mean, let's just get the band back together, you know? Uh, I mean, how funny would it be if he pulls Edelman out of retirement and gets Amendola to get signed over to the Bucks? Yeah, and you, I think and you that get would Gronk. be hilarious. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure Patriots fans would be sitting there going, "What? What? Like you got the bit? Like how many people? Fair? How many assholes do you think would just be like, I hate to do this, but I got to go get a Bucks jersey now?" Like, because you I mean, think about it, it's like it's arguably uh, there. Do it. Well, yeah, but you're not a asshole. A what? Oh, uh, you've never heard that? Yeah the uh, the people no. from Massachusetts, uh, they they take the term mass from Massachusetts and asshole, and they call themselves massholes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's uh, funny. Yeah, I know. Right? No, I I I I'm not gonna lie. I quite nearly. Uh, my wife almost gave me a gift uh, for. I think it was our anniversary um, or Valentine's Day. Is, I think it was anniversary, though. Uh, but she almost gave me a Brady Bucks jersey, which I would love. Uh, I really want one because uh, I love Brady. But So I mean, if you lose the fantasy football, I could make you wear a, like a Cowboys jersey dude, every if you Sunday. you wear a Cowboys jersey, you're not getting it back. I'm letting you know right now. I will burn that trash. I mean, I'm not a Cowboys fan, so it's not like I'm offended there. Okay, good. Well, we've already discussed this. I'm apparently a traitor to anybody who listens <laughs> to this show. The fact that I'm Dallas Mike and I'm not a Cowboys fan. Come on. Yeah, that was funny. We got that that feedback from Yeah, I got one. some hate mail. Um, yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, if there's anything else you want to bring up about the Matthew Stafford quote, then uh, we could go off to our break. Nope. I think, uh, I think we're going to go head off to our break. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Um, 
So this top half of the hour, we're going to be talking about some injuries and surgeries that are going on uh, and some of the COVID issues that are still affecting the league. Uh, so I guess to start off with the injuries portion, um, the big one that we saw break this week was Cam Akers and uh, Torres Achilles and uh, Michael Thomas had surgery. Uh, so well, I... Go ahead. I'm going to fact check it. I don't know if he had it or if he's going to have it. Uh, so what what I read said that Michael Thomas underwent surgery in June, according to Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network. So it yeah, did yeah, say June. he yeah. already. Yeah. So he already he already had it because we're in July right now. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be a big thing for the for the Saints because uh, he'll, he'll miss a couple weeks with that one. Uh, we kind of talked about, you know, the Saquon Barkley piece there. So. Uh, you know, you know, it's going to be one of those things. If you're drafting him, that's just something to to keep in mind. Uh, that he might, you know, you might be without without Michael Thomas for a few weeks, which is going to be a big deal. Um, so might be a good time to go and uh, pick up Alvin Kamara, uh, because you know he's going to be the reliable person that they're going to have to try to get the ball to, especially with two quarterbacks that are you know very uncertain who's going to be the main starter. Um, so it, you know, that that's already going to be a factor when you pick up Michael Thomas to begin with as well. So, uh, uh, just some, you know, things to think about there. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it's funny. Uh, so you did guess it, uh, cam Akers was the one that I got the notification of when I was doing that mock draft. Um, I just don't want to give it away until later, uh, in case people, there were really like two people, there were only two people you were really, that really would have happened to <laughs> I mean, that early yes. in the. So, but it was just funny. So Cam Akers, yeah. I mean, that's uh, I. That's gonna be tough because uh, I, at least in basketball, when you tear your Achilles, you're pretty much out for the season. Um, so I don't know how that'll affect him. Uh, we'll see. I if he comes back in, it'll be very late. So really, maybe look in fantasy purposes to to bring him in late in the season, but don't pick him up. Uh, at the beginning of the season, he won't be playing until at least midway through. So, well, I gotta just ask leave you him this. on the waiver wire and then and then uh, pick him up later on. Trade him for that for that one guy you didn't really want that's on your bench all season. I gotta ask you this though. So, did, did they iterate where like was he hurt in the team? Because we we've seen, we've heard this off season for a few players where they got injured outside of the training facility. So, I like they're off, essentially some of their stuff can be void. Uh, so I, I never heard this information, but do you know if he was injured in the training facility, meaning he'll get to keep his money and that he still has to be paid because he was injured on the property doing, you know, do, doing his workout with the team? Or do you know if it happened away from the facility where they're going to avoid it? Um, I am looking. So, so I'm reading an article right now. Uh, he, so he did get hurt away from the team facility, but he will still get paid his $6.1 million. Um, now I don't know why, um, so I wonder if teams are within their rights to cancel players contract if they're injured in this type of non-football way. Um, but it looks like the Rams have said that they're still going to pay him. Um, but he was hurt outside of the. Well, it kind of makes me wonder if, like, he was out training with other play, like, you know, how sometimes you hear that 
uh, Tom Brady likes to go throw with his quarterbacks at the park, you know, different things like that. Yeah. So it kind of makes you wonder at the same time, like maybe was he out with other players and like maybe one of the coaches, you know, and they were just like trying to run drill and then it was just a freak accident, but he was trying, you know, they were trying to get those early reps in. And the, I mean, I wonder if that's, I mean, cause obviously they wouldn't be forced to pay him cause it was away from it. But like at the same time, I guess they're also trying to keep him happy and maybe, you know, like it wasn't an official deal, so they don't want to get in trouble. But like, I mean, it makes you kind of wonder, you know, why why is he getting paid, but other people aren't? Yeah, I mean, I maybe he was playing with some players, practicing, you know, kind of on his own. I, I we really have no idea. I mean, maybe he did it sometime in the season, uh, or a partial tear, and now it like actually happened. I have no idea. Um. I, I bet we'll get some more information as, you know, the news isn't so new. Um, but really, I mean, this news is just, I think, a day or two old. So, uh, I mean, really, we, we just kind of kind of wait a little bit more for him to talk some more about it. And then I guess we'll see. But as of right now, his, he has a torn Achilles and we have no idea how long it'll take for him to come back. But for me, I wouldn't pick him up. I'd leave him in the way over wire and pick him up once it sounds like he's going to come back. But um yeah we're just seeing so many injuries i mean i feel like we like at least in previous years i don't feel like there were ever this many injuries so it's it's funny that you bring that up um because uh here's why so i i was watching a you know one of those kind of sports documentary thingies uh in in an airport one time and they were talking about how kids nowadays are playing so hard at their sports you know they're just getting pushed so hard that they're seeing these crazy injuries that these that these professional athletes are getting you know torn acls uh torn achilles um torn hamstrings all kinds of crazy stuff right they're seeing these injuries in these young kids that they hadn't seen before and um and maybe you know this is just my own speculation i'm not a doctor um but you know maybe that maybe that is playing a role into it maybe with how hard these kids are growing up playing um that it's you know it's creating these problems early on and then it's you know it's just easier to happen uh later on you know kind of thing maybe uh i have no idea but that's that's my kind of thought process is maybe it's just so many years of playing so hard on it that it's got to give some day you know what i mean well so i i guess mine was kind of more directed at the covid era last year and this year i just oh, yeah. felt like we saw like you know because it, it like last year you know there really there were there wasn't a preseason uh you know and, and then this year you know people are coming back but the you know they obviously played a lot hard i mean there were just so many injuries last year through covid but then coming into this year, I feel like there was just a lot of injuries. And so I don't, I'm not saying the strength and conditioning coaches, you know, and what they're going through and how they're doing these practices aren't, aren't being done right. Cause right. I'm not a coach. I don't, yeah. I don't know any of this stuff. I don't know, but it, it just, it's kind of one of those things that makes me kind of wonder where it's like, you know, they always say like, Oh, do your stretches. So, you, you know, blah, 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 doesn't happen or whatever. But like at the same time, like, are they just rushing to try to get so much done because of COVID, you know, and, players are you know how they're we're getting ready to talk about the covid stuff but uh you know how they're they're talking about you got to have so many people uh you know was like 85 percent of the team has to be like vaccinated or something like that um you know and and players who are vaccinated 
can congregate together, but the unvaccinated players can't, blah, 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 something like that. Uh, I'll pull it up yeah. here in a minute. But it's just one of those things, like, it makes me wonder, like, you know, are, are they not getting as much time to warm up? Or, you know, like, what's going on that what seems like in the COVID area, we're seeing just so many more injuries. Like, it, it, it's crazy. I think that it's going to be, you know, because with COVID last year, right, we saw that there was limited off, uh, you know, OTAs, there was limited training camp, you know, we really didn't have any preseason, well, we didn't have any preseason, but we didn't have really any off-season and preseason stuff, you know, we didn't get the guys ready, and I think that's kind of the problem, is, you know, we saw the same thing happen with basketball, is you, we don't give these guys enough time for a break, and then we don't give them enough time to get their bodies back into football condition, uh, you know, because we see these guys, well, they did, you know, they some did of these really guys are off since January, seasons. Yeah, but well, I don't think the football season was rushed, right? I think it all happened normal because uh, the football season well, luckily missed a lot of COVID. Um, but um, so, you know, so the problem is I think we get these players that end in January and February and then they go all these months not having to, you know, stay in football shape. They don't have to practice as hard. They don't got to work out as much. They don't got to eat right as much. Maybe they're trying to bulk or lose weight. And then, you know, and then with COVID happening, you get that mixed with now they can't go outside, you know, they can't go to the gym. So if you don't have your own gym yet, now you've got a problem. Um, and then now, oh, hey, by the way, no preseason. So we're going to throw you right into these games. Um, I think that really affected them and it caused a lot of the injuries. And then it also caused a lot of pre-injuries kind of like, oh, my body's definitely going to hurt after the season because of what we just did and how we started. And then now we're seeing these guys start back up and, you know, after their summer break and their off season break, and we're seeing them start getting hurt because my body's not ready yet. You know, it's, it's, I re aggravated an injury from last year. I aggravated something that wasn't an injury last year, but now it is because it got so aggravated. Um, and I think that's the problem is that not because of the short off season or anything like that, because it was normal last year, but I think the fact that we didn't have, preseason we didn't have all these things that we normally do to get their bodies back into football shape um because as much as nobody's tom brady except for tom brady he's probably the only one that keeps himself in football shape 24 7 um and even that's and kind so of questionable now problem. well i mean oh, that, I now that's questionable because they say he played the entire 2020 season with a torn mcl um, oh i know which is not only an issue for the buccaneers but now it's an issue potentially for tom brady where tampa bay could be forced to uh relinquish draft picks and on top of that tom brady could be suspended um you and know, the buccaneers can be fined there's a whole yeah, slew of mess yeah and so it's uh, one of those things where, where they talked about you know he's been openly talking about dealing with a pretty serious knee injury as it was you know described that required yeah. surgery um, so it's, it's one of those things where they, you know, the Tampa Bay released that he played every game with a torn MCL on his left knee. Now there is a rule in the, in the policy book, uh, that states that it is NFL policy that information for dissemination to the public on all injured players be reported in a satisfactory manner by the clubs to the league, the opposing team, local and national media and broadcast partners, each game, or each game week of the regular season and postseason, including for the two Super Bowl teams between the championship games and the Super Bowl, as according to the handbook. 
Um, and they even go on to talk about how the information must be credible. It must be accurate, timely, and specific within the guideline of the policy. So it's kind of one of those things where they talk about it could have had, you know, the, the injury itself initially could have happened while he was still with the Patriots. And then he yeah, goes so- to the Bucks and, and, and all that time, keep in mind, there was, a, there was a long period of time there where we didn't know if Tom Brady was staying with the Patriots. Was he going to the Bucks? So it almost kind of becomes an interesting situation of how did he not like if you got injured at the end of the season and yeah, sure, you're trying to, you know, if you're Tom Brady, I guess you knew you were going to a new team. Um, but at the time, like, how do you not go and get that checked out? Like you talked about, it was a pretty serious knee injury. Um, and then you go and join this team and then you play an entire season without ever having it checked. I mean, if you're Tom Brady, where you talk about, you know, he's, you know, everybody always talks about how he keeps his body in shape for everything. How can you not know, Hey, I got hurt here. And then let me go play an entire season without then not knowing what's wrong with me, but knowing my knee still hurts. So his big thing is his TB12 method, right? Uh, they feel like they've got it figured out in terms of keeping your body healthy, keeping your muscles and all that stuff loose and ready to go. So the way that he describes it as he thinks that he got it injured sometime in April or May, um, but he didn't check it out. Um, and I believe that's because, you know, he's got his TB12 method of I'm just going to work on pliability and making sure it's loose and ready to go and it's strong. And so I don't think I don't think it was torn then. Uh, I think it was just maybe a partial tear, maybe it was just a strain, something weird. Um, but even the quarterbacks coach of the Buccaneers said that it was a nagging nuisance. But because it didn't happen during the season, it didn't happen while he was with the Bucks. The Bucks didn't have to report it. Um, now, uh, you know, just saying, oh yeah, my knee's kind of bugging me, but it's not, you know, it's not really bad, you know. He's a 43-year-old man. I would be I would be shocked if he didn't say some part of his body was kind of hurting, you know? But yeah, everybody but knows think... he's on his third MCL surgery on that knee. So, I mean, really, everybody kind of... I don't think they really pushed it until they they had a, a need to, really, because he kept playing on it. He was practicing just fine. So, so it does say in the policy book, just so you know, it says all players yeah. who have reportable injuries must be listed on the practice report. It even says, even if the player takes all the reps in practice, and even if the team is certain that he will play in the upcoming game, this is especially true of key players and those players who have injuries that have been subject of local or national media coverage. So the fact that you have mentioned that, oh, well, he was practicing, blah, 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 or, you know, they expected him to play, but the fact that you also then went on to mention, hey, we know this is his third, you know, he's already had his third knee surgery. So that's been something that's already been speculated. So it, it, I kind of feel like there's probably either going to be a fine or fine and suspension possibly coming. I mean, again, I'm not in the NFL. I'm not, you know, not an executive there. Uh, You know, I'm not Roger Goodell, so I can't really comment on that. But I feel like it, a lot of the things that we've been saying now are really kind of checking into where the policy might be a little vague, but I mean, yeah, sure. You're 43 years old. Like you said, at some, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on 30 and I feel like my back and knees are hurting too. But at the same time, I feel like if you're that level of player uh, and you've been playing this long, you know, when it's like, Oh, Hey, like, yeah, it's just, it's old age bugging me, blah, blah, blah. But when you specifically have had that many surgeries 
and something is nagging you like this and your regular workout and that you know what you were saying where he just decides oh i'm just gonna keep it loose and limber you know we'll, and we'll just see how it goes yeah i feel like that's kind of one of those deals like you should know like hey this isn't what this is i've had this somewhat of a feeling but because it's your, i mean it's a major ligament in your knee like that's a that's yeah. a big deal i feel like you should know something's up and i mean i guess you know if you're tom brady you could be saying well i'm still winning i'm still going out there doing this uh, but there's something definitely wrong. I guess I'll just hide it type deal. In which case, I mean, he deflate gate. Uh, what was it? Uh, he they had to forfeit a million dollar fine, uh, two draft picks, and a four game suspension for him. Um, yep. I mean, I guess he could have could have learned how to how to hide all this stuff better and knows not to talk about it and not put it on cell phones so he can't destroy that this time. But. I, I would find it very hard to believe, though, that you you don't know something's up and that you didn't talk to somebody about it. I mean, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be a matter of did he actually get it checked out? Because if he knew it was a torn MCL or whatever degree it was, I I think that's gonna put him in trouble. But if he didn't know it was actually torn, if he didn't know this until the end of the season, um, but he just felt like, hey, my knee's not a hundred percent. I'm gonna get it checked out because he did say to his coaches. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just bugging me, you know, whatever there's, you know, whatever he said, the exact words were, but I'm going to get it fixed in, you know, I'm going to get it fixed in the off season. And then you guys are going to see a whole new me next year. Um, so really whether or not he knew, I think that's going to play a big role into what happens and you know, how much the Buccaneers knew, because if, it, if he, if really he just said, ah, yeah, you know, my knee's just kind of bugging me, whatever, like, let's keep playing. Really, I mean, ever, what's to report? Oh, his knee was kind of bugging him. I mean, that's not really a, a real thing. Plus, everybody's going to look at that and be like, ah, oh, yes, Tom Brady, his knee's bugging him. He's had surgeries on it, and he's 43. I'm not surprised, you know? So, well, if you, if you're, I'm how, not how many to, bones like, have you broken? I've never broken a bone, but I have okay. torn my ACL and my meniscus, so. Okay, well, so I, I played ice hockey. I've broken my fingers a couple times. Uh, and I mean, there have been times where, you know, obviously in the moment you, you get kind of a, a, uh, what, you know, what do you want to call it? Uh, adrenaline rush. Yeah. You get that adrenaline rush. You may not necessarily realize something's broken, but then eventually like you kind of realize like, Oh, okay. Uh, it's three days later and like, yeah, it's really sore. Like what, you know, whatever's going on. Uh, and I, I still always end up going to get like, you know, I've, I've taken pucks and, uh, sticks, you know, to the wrist and hand and things like that where they have been broken. Um, and you know, you, you know, when it's like, okay, this isn't just like general soreness. This isn't just a sprain. There's something wrong. You go and get it checked out. So I don't know. I, I just feel like if you're, if you're him, like, yeah, I understand like what you're saying. We're like, oh, it's just nagging me. But when it's an entire season and it's an MCL, I don't think it's, it's going to, I mean, you could probably argue like when you tore yours, uh, you know, you mentioned your ACL, MCL, um, ACL meniscus. Yeah. Okay. So then when you did that though, uh, was it not obvious that something was wrong? So, so let me tell you what happened. So I did it playing football. Uh, I was a wide receiver, um, at my college. And so I, I went down, uh, the trainers checked it out. They thought it was a hyperextended ligament, right? So I thought I was going to be down and out for a few weeks. Um, didn't play on it for a few weeks. My leg felt fine. I could walk, I could run fine. And then next time I try to do uh, an in or an out route, boom, I was down back on the floor, you know, so I, it didn't really click or register to me. 
season ended up ending. I kept going to work because I worked 30 hours a week. Um, and so I was putting in 30 hours a week lifting furniture and appliances because uh, that was my job. And it wasn't until I was sitting in a hot tub and I moved my leg wrong that it ended up actually putting my meniscus in between my knee bones and pinching it to where I couldn't bend or like put any weight on it anymore that I actually got it checked out. So I think it's just but one of those things. I that would like to say, though, you I kind of got bad case. advice from a trainer who yes. said, yes. So, but I mean, you, you hadn't looked at it originally and they, and they, they said it like, oh, okay, whatever. Like if you're in the NFL yeah. though, like you're, you're the, tra- I feel but, like the trainers are going to know a little bit differently. Like, Hey, like, yes. So but, that's why, that's why I'm kind of iffy on the situation. Like, cause you have to know something is wrong. Like, yeah. It, but, it, I mean, it's that's not what I'm just, saying is, I think it matters a lot as to how he described his pain, how he felt his pain. And again, remember he did it in the off season before he was with the bucks after he was with the Patriots. So really it's not like he did it and he was with a trainer at the time and they said, Oh dude, like we might want to check this out, you know? So really that's why I said like, you know, we can do as much like of our own analysis on it, but it's going to be tough until we know what Goodell comes out and says, until we know what the NFL says about it. No, I, if I definitely understand. It's, it's all but speculation, it, but it just, you, it's fishy. Yeah. Let's be honest. It is That's fishy because it's no, like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. But I think one, he's got to have a high pain tolerance to do that Two, I read a, I read a doctor's report. Uh, he came out, uh, I think he's the chargers doctor. Uh, and he said that he does not think Tom Brady played a whole season on a torn MCL. Um, he does not doubt that maybe it was uh, hurt in some way. A partial. But he thinks maybe he, yeah, partial something. But he does not think it was completely torn the whole season because there's no way that whole lateral lig- ligament would have st- withstood a whole season um, and not gotten, you know, not gotten him to get checked out. Um, so he thinks that gradually over the season it got worse. Um, but, and so that's why I'm kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt is that with a partial tear, it's not going to be so bad won't feel it as much um the initial tear partial tear the initial whatever is going to hurt more than later down the road as you keep playing it's not going to hurt unless you keep re-aggravating it to the point of dude this hurts to walk this hurts to move whatever so you know how so really you know it's how just going to be tough about, to talk about you know they talk about like they're like the the nfl has a ramp uh rampant uh painkiller problem you know players are or, you know, playing on a lot of medication sometimes, you know, to get through yeah. injury, you know, or what, you know, whatever it is that they're playing through. Uh, so yeah. it makes, you know, I kind of also makes you wonder, like, was he getting cortisone shots in his knee to help like, with mean, the pain? Maybe. So maybe he's not feeling it during the game, but then like he feels the nagging later and he's just like, oh man, it's still so sore. I should have, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, I no, should have rested, blah, blah, blah. Like, so it, it, it also kind of becomes a factor then too not saying he would or wouldn't do that because i mean i again i don't know him personally obviously i don't you know i don't i don't have his medical record so there's no way of like knowing it if he's <laughs> one of the players doing it but i'm just saying like that also becomes a question like you know uh because remember when we saw the matthew stafford uh injury where uh he injured his throwing arm and then he went out for one more play and and then all of a sudden you know he's coming off and in, in his his shoulder um i don't remember yeah. what specifically what the injury was you know, and you, you can right. tell like, oh, he's yeah. like, he's like, I'm done. I'm like, it's, it's done. It's out. Like, yeah, 
you know, and, yeah, and, and he's, he tore his rotator cuff or something like that. Yeah, or it was mean, out of socket or something. It, it was bad. Something weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I so mean, I, it kind of makes you again, wonder. I wish we had more information. I mean, yeah, I, I want to wonder is he taking painkillers, you know, getting help? Is he, you know, how much information is true? I hope we get more information. You know, I hope, you know, for the sake of me liking Tom Brady, uh, mm-hmm. I hope that he doesn't get suspended for it because I well, want I hope the Bucks to be 100%. I know everybody else is like, please let's spend them so the Bucks can like not make it to the Super Bowl. But it's not even about the you know, Bucks not really. making the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's I guess just Tom Brady. Nobody wants well, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl Tom, anymore. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate he's a a goat quarterback, right? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah. But I guess after like Deflate Gate and Spy Gate, yeah. like all oh, this other it. stuff, where it's just like he he gets away with so much that it's just kind of like I'm like, I just kind of want it to catch up with them. Like obviously, Almost I like don't. The LeBron I don't. James of basketball, yeah. Well, it's, uh, I would. I would even argue it's like the Sidney Crosby of hot, you know, uh, of football, you know. So it's one of those deals where yeah. I'm just kind of like, I don't want to see Tom Brady get hurt. Like that's that's not what it is. Like I'm definitely, you no, know, yeah. uh, I'm not for that. You know, I've been injured. I understand. Like that. That's but not fun. serve his time for you know. What I he but does there, wrong. there is there is part of it that like I I'm I'll be sad that he's hurt because I don't want that for anybody. But there's also going to be that chuckle, ha ha, like you got what's coming to you if they get yeah, fined, yeah, yeah. lose some draft picks, you know, all this stuff. And the team's like, yeah, we knew and we just didn't do anything. But hey, we got these yeah. cool new rings. Like, so there's part of it there where I just kind of want to chuckle and be like, ha ha, you got, you know, you got a small amount yeah. of, of whatever for deflate gate. And now, now you're getting caught for this. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. So we'll see. We'll see how the NFL and Roger Goodell responds according to their policy, um, you know. And and talking about NFL policy, we'll move right on to the, the to the COVID policy that they've that they've uh, yes. kind of revamped and changed for this year. Uh, Michael, I know you said that you wanted to bring that up, so I'll let you quickly tell us what so, the new policy is in in terms of COVID, and then uh, we'll I'll move on to changing or you know bringing up players and how it's going to affect yeah. them. So on Thursday, they came out with information uh, or a new policy that they released in a memo. Um, And basically, it it set up incentives saying that more than 75% of NFL players were at least partially vaccinated and half of the league's players have been uh, vaccinated above 80%. Uh, And 16 NFL teams have hit a 85% or higher. and basically kind of what they're going on is they're saying that unvaccinated players will be subject to severe protocols during training camp in the regular season, which will include daily testing, mask wearing, travel restrictions. Uh, they also made it clear that unvaccinated players could, in theory, be responsible for losses of games and paychecks. Uh, and the new policy drills down on a scenario, and it never occurred in 2020, but when the NFL postponed five games and moved to 10 others to accommodate outbreaks, a forfeit will be called in 2021 if all of the following circumstances occur. Um, so they basically say a game is postponed by requirement of government authorities or medical experts or at the discretion of the commissioner because of ongoing health concerns of an outbreak. And it says the league can't find a suitable date to reschedule within the 18 week framework of the regular season. And the original postponement was caused by an outbreak among unvaccinated players of one team. And then it says the NFL was able to reschedule all the games it postponed in 2020, but it might be possible or it might uh, 
but it's possible it might not go to the same extremes. Um, and they basically came out saying, which this is where I think it, it becomes interesting because it says if the forfeit occurs, players from both teams will lose their game checks and the team that suffered the outbreak would be responsible for any shortfall in the league's revenue share and also would be credited with a loss for the purposes of playoff seeding with the opposing team being credited with a win. Now, there are a couple things that, I mean, you think about that and you say, okay, well, team A uh, basically is having to forfeit because of their unvaccinated players having an outbreak and all the other things are met, right? But then why is the team who did everything right? Why are they losing a paycheck? Like what if like if, if, what know. if they're fully vaccinated? Like I, I wonder I, if maybe they'll come out and change that. Maybe that's misworded. Uh, really, the I, only I thing... would believe that's hard to do. I mean, that's not really fair to them. So I feel like maybe they'll come out and change that. Uh, I feel like maybe they didn't mean that. I think they did. Uh, really, I, I'm is, with you. I. This is oh, going to be that's dark. So tough, though. This that's is dark. Up. This is dark because I think that what this is coming down to is they're now going to try to aggravate the teammates who are vaccinated and basically saying something to the effect of, hey, be mad at your teammates who were unvaccinated who caused this situation. Because keep yeah. in mind, again, at the very top, it says that it has to be the concern of the outbreak because of the unvaccinated players. But if you're vaccinated and there's an outbreak, it, it, it it's not mentioned within the stipulations. So if they're saying that even the, the team that didn't have the issue, so maybe they're trying to pit players against each other now, particularly the ones who were, mm -hmm. you know, who were unvaccinated, you know, versus vaccinated. And if that's the case, uh, that's, that's kind of a bit dirty <laughs> of Goodell and the yeah. NFL to be like, Hey, we want you guys all vaccinated so badly, which again, I am vaccinated, but I get it. There are reasons you can't be vaccinated, and I do believe they still have um, an out where essentially, unless there is a because uh, another reason you mentioned. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier. Uh, did, you, did you already talk about uh, the coach in uh, Minnesota? No. Nope. Okay. Nope. Do you want to? So I was about to bring that up. So before I bring up the coach, um, because we're talking about influencing, because uh, well, there's, there's a tie tweet, in. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to tie it in with both. So the so Jalen Ramsey came out with a tweet, and he said, some of y'all clearly didn't get what I'm saying here. The NFL is pressuring slash influencing, in quotes, guys to get the vaccine. They are saying if there is an outbreak, the team will be penalized heavily. My point is no teammate of mine will feel that pressure from me because I know two people right now who got the vaccine but are COVID positive. I'm just saying. I wouldn't look at a teammate as bad if he didn't get the vax. No pressure from me. Uh, but he said from five, but I think he's talking about him. Um, so, well, you know, just about the influencing. Th yes, I think so. Uh, I think that's what he's talking about. So uh, there is that influence. I agree with you. Uh, I think the NFL is really trying to push that player on player influence, which is dirty, but there's also, it's also better to have the players influence each other to do it than, you know, f than for them to mandate the players getting the vaccine. Well, there are already... again, yes, it is dirty. It's a, it's a, Oh, I don't I don't like it either way. Um, now, to tie in also the coach part, you, uh, coaches are mandated to get vaxxed, and one of the coaches came out, and he will not get it. Uh, that is the Vikings assistant coach uh, slash running back coach. Well, he's the O-line coach and run coach, um, and he's not going to get it, so therefore he's not going to be with the team this year. Um, I don't know if they're going to 
fire him or if he's quitting, resigning. No, so he was, or if he he's was just full kind of like on taking fired. a hiatus for the year. Okay, yeah, fire. So, so it, it specifically says the vaccine is required for all tier one staff, including coaches, front office executives, equipment managers, and scouts. However, it says players are not required to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, but will face strict protocols during training camp and throughout the season that vaccinated players will be able to forego. So basically, it says in a memo released by the league this summer, the NFL said any unvaccinated tier one staff member must provide valid religious or medical reasons for not receiving the vaccine. And losing tier one status prohibits coaches from being on the field and in meeting rooms and having direct interactions with players. Um, and they basically went on and stated that this assistant coach did not have the vaccine exemptions. Um, so it's yep. kind of one of those interesting things where, you know, we're talking about now where they're trying to pit the player on player because they're not they're you know, I guess there's enough players that would retire or, you know, just wait until they don't, you know, that's not a deal anymore. Um, but it's really interesting that they're forcing it on the coaches, but they're not forcing it on the players and, uh, it's kind of just an interesting deal. So that's why I was trying to tie it in. Cause it's, it's one of those interesting things where they're saying that the coaches do have to have it. And if you're, you know, in one of those positions, you're a tier one status. Um, yeah. so it, it's, I mean, it, it really kind of is a big deal. So for me, uh, I'm kind of like Jalen Ramsey on, on the subject. Like I get it. If you're, you know, for whatever reason you don't want it type deal. Like I definitely think more people should be open to it based on, you know, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I just don't trust it yet. And how did they manufacture this in a year, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm not trying to get like political about it. Like if you don't want it, fine, whatever, like I'm not going to push it. But I think people are also misunderstanding that like the flu vaccine, they create a new one every year based on what strains are going around. Uh, and so this is basically, I mean, you know, it is another type of the flu. So that's where I'm coming from with it. But like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Like I, I respect that. I'm not trying to push it on people, but I think some people are just kind of coming at it and looking at it the wrong way. And there is a lot of like government distrust and, Oh, big pharma, you know, they released this and now they're trying to, you know, give us, you know, get us a vaccine and, uh, all these different, you know, like it, it really is kind of a weird situation. Um, yeah, I mean, it's super tough. I mean, cause you're, you're now seeing, I mean, we might even see more coaches get fired, more staff get fired or, or, you know, something for the for the year and then brought back i don't know um but i mean now it's affecting the players so so uh jalen ramsey yes he came out and said that but there's three players that have come out and vocally said um what they think about it so i'll start with the biggest one um and so that's deandre hopkins he said on a tweet never thought i would say this but being put in a position to hurt my team because i don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the at nfl um, so Hopkins came out and said that, um, so we're, you know, basically he's, he's questioning retirement because, you know, I don't, you know, he's, he's basically saying, I don't want to play for the NFL. If they're going to mandate vaccines, if they're going to punish the team, because I decide to not partake in a particular, you know, personal choice, you know, the vaccine is a personal choice. Um, I don't think we should mandate it. You know, I'm not all for mandated vaccines. You know, but I, I, you know, well, I gotta ask you this: Do you have Ezekiel I, I, Elliott dangerous. in that list? No. Um, so I have Cole Beasley and uh, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was easy. He just said vaccine. I can't do it. And Cole Beasley, he's been very public. He about has what been he's very vocal about it. Feeling, and you know, he's not going to get it. He's 
going to stay safe himself, but I mean, he's going to do his own thing. And, you know, I, these, these players, I think the NFL players association really stepped in and said, Hey, you can't mandate our guys to do it. You know? Um, and maybe no, the stop, NFL, but, there's a lot of players who I, said I, the that, NFL that PA own, hasn't uh, done enough. Yeah. Because they're, so, they're saying the NFL, a lot of players have said the NFL PA is just kind of letting the league do whatever they want with it. Um, one thing, so the, the reason I asked about uh, Elliot is because he became one of the, at least for the Cowboys, uh, he became a high-profile player to contract COVID-19, or at least tested positive for it um, during the, I think it was the 2020 preseason. Um, and he basically came up, came out recently and said, it's kind of a toughy su- or touchy subject. You can't really tell someone what to do with their body. I grew up in a family where we didn't get vaccines, so it's kind of hard to tell someone who during their whole life, their mom and dad tell them not to get vaccines, and you tell that person to go go to go get vaccinated. It's uh, it's everyone's body. You can't tell them what to do. But he does go on and say, I got the vaccine just because I wanted to put myself in the best situation to be out there for my team week in and week out. I mean, not everyone feels that strongly, or maybe other people still have the uh, their view of vaccines, but you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do to their body. And so you kind of mentioned, yeah. you know, I think the opposite of the spectrum there is DeAndre Hopkins feels so strongly about it. He's, you know, he's like, oh, well, rather than hurt my team, I'd rather just retire than get the vaccine. And you've got Elliot who goes, yeah, I don't believe in vaccines, but I'm going to get it because I don't want to hurt my team. So you've kind of got both yeah, ends mean, of the spectrum. And it's just so tough. I mean, you're pitting these players up against their work, up against what they love to do, up against each other. And I think it's just. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know. I just think that maybe the NFL needs to come out and fix some of their statement, fix it a little bit because really, I mean, it's just a touchy, touchy subject. I mean, you can't force people to do certain things. And this is one of them um, because there are many reasons why people can't or won't do it. And, you know, you can't force that upon people. Um, And this is a job, you know, and and there are rules in, in the workplace. And so, I, I mean, might really, have an unpopular so opinion, tough. but at the same time, where the league gets to create their rules, right? Nobody's yeah, forcing yeah. those players to have a job. Um, yep. And so, I you agree. know, I, I, you, you've heard this with like the, the kneeling platform as well, where people are like, oh, well, if they want to kneel, then, you know, they don't have to play in the league. They can go find another job, blah, blah, blah. But then you could say the same thing about the vaccine, though, where you could say the league makes their rules. If you want to be a part of it, you play by their rules. Um you know, and but so I mean, it's tough because I, I definitely understand both sides. Like, like you said, you can't force someone to get it. Um, but at the same time, like, it's kind of one of those things. I mean, it is the NFL. Uh, if you've ever watched, uh, there was that show with The Rock, um, Ballers, you know, they always refer to the NFL as kind of the machine, and Roger Goodell is the cog in the machine that leads it all type deal. Um, and so I think it's one of those things. It's kind of like, you can't ever really defeat the league, uh, and you know what they want at the end of the day, they're ultimately going to get, um, and I get it because you want to respect the players because you want them to play because that's how you're making money. But also at the end of the day, you can't, you can't control everything as a player. Um, you know, there's always going to be give and take. We, you know, we just saw the whole deal where they were talking about, do we add a, you know, how many weeks do we add to the season? Do we get an extra bye week? Do we get this? Do we get that? Uh, are we getting a, you know, a portion of the revenue? You know, they're always talking about all these different things. Um, and so I just think it's kind of one of those deals. There's, there's gotta be give and take somewhere. Um, 
And yeah. I just, I, where is that give and where is the take? Um, you know, we're talking about something medical, um, with, you know, there, there are, you know, it's a, it's a personal choice. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things, like, it's really interesting to see where people are taking certain stands, but then they're fluxing on other stuff and they're like, oh, well, you know, it's personal choice, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it's just kind of, it's kind of confusing, uh, honestly, um, because, there's two side of the train tracks and I don't think either one of them, there's not one that's definitively correct. Uh, like you said, you know, there are people who have gotten the vaccine and they end up with it. Um, but if, if, if all these players are vaccinated and then you still have an outbreak that memo specifically says it only counts for unvaccinated players. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's kind of an interesting subject. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, though, the big question that we have that we have here is, is, you know, how will COVID, you know, continue to affect the league? You know, what's it going to mean for them? I mean, really, we're going to see it's going to play out. Will the NFL change their statement? Will they change the rules? Will they change their policy this season? We have no idea. Um, we can speculate as much as we want. I hope that they don't take the team that didn't have the problem, didn't have the outbreak. I hope that they don't lose their paychecks because that's not fair to them. Um, but I mean, really, uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if they'll change their statement at all, what they'll do exactly. Um, but really, I, you know, we're going to see it affect the league this year, uh, for sure. Will it be as big as it affected it last year? I have no idea. Um, that's kind of my, my thought on it. Well, and it's also really interesting though. You kind of mentioned this earlier, but we start talking about, other players in basketball and hockey and different things. We're kind of talking about Tom Brady, but it also has kind of become interesting where baseball, we've seen quite a few outbreaks really kind of pop out. Um, basketball. I, I guess I don't keep up enough with basketball that I, I don't feel comfortable saying, I don't know how many outbreaks they did or didn't have. Um, but like in football, you know, we saw a lot of things get, postponed hockey we saw a few outbreaks or a few players you know get a here there um so it's also kind of one of those deals like i also wonder like are the commissioners at all like getting together like in soccer football baseball bat like all these different leagues that people are playing in where they're in relatively close proximity um are they getting together and trying to figure out what worked and what did you know like it kind of makes me wonder because I feel like at least in baseball is where I think I've seen the most people uh, say that like they've had COVID or that, you know, they end up in protocol and this or that. Um, So it, I guess it's just kind of interesting. I want to know, you know, what sport has had the most um, that, you know, that at least have been public um, and you know, what league has been the best at curbing it? What did they do different than whoever maybe had the most? Um, you know, are they sharing that information? Because I feel like that's something you could easily figure out if you, you know, if you're in that league and why are you guys not communicating to each other? Hey, this works. Uh, and this is how, you know, this is how you get the most games played and finished and, you know, all these different things. And of course, you know, like you look at the NFL and you're like, oh, well, they, you know, they're only technically playing against other people once a week you know type deal maybe twice i mean you know it gets close to almost twice a week when you talk about like monday and then somebody might play on you know thursday but that doesn't really happen uh but you know 
versus baseball where you know you're talking like 182 games with you know so they, they might be playing two or three different teams a week so they're substantially more exposed but it's just kind of one of the deals i'm really curious how closely they're monitoring those stats and communicating it with other leagues yeah i mean we'll see i mean we got to continue watching as the news comes through uh i mean we'll see uh maybe we'll get to see that but i mean i don't know um have interesting points but i mean uh we're pretty much at the end of our podcast um this was a long episode today um but yeah it, you know we're going to continue to look at the news and 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 share it with you guys as as we go uh thank you so much for tuning in and and you know as always thank you so much uh don't forget the olympics start tomorrow so root for your country um you know whatever your nationality whatever your race is root, root for your country cheer on uh your teams uh and uh you know for me go usa always love to see us do well in the olympics um and also uh give us a follow on instagram uh that our twitter. instagram handle i always don't forget love... about twitter too no yeah i will not forget about twitter but uh our our instagram handle is the mike and mike show and then twitter is the mike and mike show one uh so go ahead and give us some follows there we like to post uh post uh some great things we find some news and then uh just to give us some feedback you can always chat with us and, and dm us there and comment on our posts yeah and you know what guys let's, listeners, so. let's go ahead and one up it uh especially with the olympics coming up uh we, we'd like to cover some of the some of the different okay. games um you know obviously we love football but we're also interested in other things too so if you don't mind uh tweet us or send us a message on Instagram and let us know what particular quote unquote game or sport you would like covered at the Olympics. And we'll see if we yes. can't watch it and then come back and give you some good information and our take on it. Cause it could be something we never watch. Uh, and yeah. maybe you'll hear something stupid come out of our mouth uh, or well, <laughs> yeah, you're mean, more I'm... likely to hear it come out of mine. Cause uh, I guess, let me go ahead and throw this out there for you. One of the guys in our, fantasy league pointed out that i was calling zerline zerillion uh and i i thought that's how it was pronounced so he decided to name his team name in our fantasy football league zerillion's leg just to make fun of me so uh yeah yeah really appreciate that uh, and you know who you are because i know you listen every week yeah well uh thank you for continuing that joke uh whoever uh michael's friend is but yeah, give us give us a follow, uh, like, uh, go find us on Apple Podcasts uh, or or on Spotify, and uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll be back with you guys next week. Thank you so much.